0: It is a uh, great privilege for me to be able to be here with you today, and already to be able to uh, see some very, very familiar faces from years past, and certainly a pleasure to uh, get to meet your your pastor, Brother Owen, and uh, what a blessing this guy already is in my life, and I trust in yours as well. I uh, want to take the uh, moments we have together and focus on the future of. Emmaus Baptist Church, and uh, I want you to join me in your Bibles in Acts chapter 5, verse 20, and uh, Acts chapter 5, verse 20. I want to speak to you for just a few moments. There's 16 words in the English language in this single verse, and uh, only three of those require more than one syllable, so it's pretty simple stuff, pretty simple and straightforward. But I want to speak to you about God's plan for His church. Now, there's three ways you can mess that up by just getting the question all wrong. And one of those ways is by saying, okay, what is is our plan for God's church or God's plan for our church or our plan for our church? And any of those questions, if you ask it that way, is going to be, it's going to be a wrong question. And if you ask the wrong question, you're sure to get the wrong answer. And of course, what 's wrong with asking the question that kind of way is simply this: there really is no such thing as our church. now, I know I speak of the church our pastors being my church, and you do the same thing I, that 's right and it 's true in our church, but at the end of the day it isn 't ours it 's god 's church, right? and uh, the Lord Jesus said it this way: uh, He said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it and then what about, what about our plans? Now, granted, we have to make plans, and, and that's a good thing, and it's a right thing. Uh, so even a, even a bad plan is probably better than none at all. But uh, at the end of the day, what are our plans based on? Our plans are just based on our perception of the present and our predictions of the future, and both of those can be awfully, awfully wrong, and none of us have all the all the variables that go into planning for the future, but God has those. And so, what I want us to focus on for the next few moments is God's plan for His church. And why don't you stand now in reverence to the reading of God's Word, just stand to your feet if you will, and let's read this brief text together. The uh, scene is, the, uh, of course, the early church in Jerusalem and the gospel has gone forth and people have just responded by the thousands and at this point, they've kind of giving, given up on even counting everybody. They just start saying, and great multitudes came to the Lord, and that kind of thing. And so, and, and then with that has come persecution, the persecution of the church, and, and these uh, apostles are being persecuted. And it's in the context of their being persecuted by being placed into jail that God sends an angel to them to reaffirm for them what their what his plan is for his church okay and this is god's plan for this church god's plan for every other church it'll look different okay how this is lived out will look different in every single congregation of believers okay how it's applied in our unique circumstance and situation our surroundings the people we're trying to reach but the plan stays the same, okay? And so, this is it. Let's just read these 16, verse, these 16 words together. Acts chapter five, verse 20, go, stand, speak. These, this is the angel giving this word to the apostles now. Go, stand and speak to the people in the temple, the whole message of this life and all God's people said, amen, and you may be seated, all right. So, let's, let's think about what we have here As God's plan for his church. First, this is a take action plan. As a matter of fact, there's really three actions here. There's go, stand, and speak, right? These are actions. And so it's a take action plan. And my goodness, going, to go, go stand and speak. That's what the angel said to the apostles. This is what you're supposed to be doing. As a people, you go back, go stand and speak. Beloved friend, listen, go is the vital action of the church. Just think about it. In Mark chapter 16, verse 15, the uh, Lord Jesus, resurrected Lord Jesus said to his followers, go into all the world and preach the gospel. In Mark chapter 5, verse 19, Jesus told the, gather, the man, for, the former Gadarene demoniac, this guy's not that anymore. His life's been changed for the Lord. And, uh, and so he said to him, he said, go home and tell what wonderful things the Lord has done for you. And in Matthew chapter 10 verse seven, the Lord Jesus told his followers, he said, go and preach the kingdom. And so they did. And then in Matthew twenty-eight, nineteen, the Lord Jesus, the Great Commission, said, "Go therefore, discipling all nations." And then in Luke fourteen, twenty-three, Lord Jesus go, said, "Go into the highways and the hedges, and bring them in, that my house may be filled." And then certainly in Luke chapter fifteen, verse four, the Lord Jesus asked this question. What man among you, having a hundred sheep, losing one, would not leave the ninety-nine in the open pasture, go after one that is lost until he finds it? What's this all about? It's about going, going, and going and going. And beloved friend, you know, if we're going to be the people of God and follow Him, we've simply got to take this vital action of going in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And a man told me long ago. If you, if you ain't fishing, you ain't following. Jesus said, that, follow me, and I'll make you to become fishers of men. We've simply, and listen, when I have gone fishing, and I've done a lot of fishing in my life. I don't hunt, but I fish. I've gone, done plenty of, plenty of fishing, and I always use the phrase, just as every fisherman does, I'm going fishing. My friend, if you're not going, you're not fishing. And Jesus said, we're to be fishing. So here we have it. The go is the vital action. Then stand is the visible action, okay? And we are to go and take a stand. And he said, go stand, speak. And so we're to take this visible action of standing for the Lord Jesus Christ. And he himself said to us that we are to let our light so shine before men they'll see his glory. See our good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. And so we have go and stand and then speak. This is the verbal action. Beloved, nobody comes comes to faith in Christ simply through watching you or watching how good a life you live. The gospel is not transmitted simply through our lives. We need to live lives that are radically changed by Jesus Christ our Lord. (laughs) Oh, you know, I mean, what else can you expect, okay? We just, <laughs> Owen, I heard things have changed since you've been here, brother. They really have. Wow. I can go for that, too. <laughs> just gotta love it. Okay, what happened anyway? They don't know, do they? Okay, those guys back to back, they really are in control, okay? But anyway, but we're going to speak and, and the Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And uh, when people hear the truth as it is in Jesus, the word of Christ, when they hear this, and, and how do they hear? They don't hear without somebody telling them. They don't hear without a preacher. They don't be scared off by that word. It's not about people standing on platforms. It's about people standing next to you in an elevator or wherever it is and declaring the truth as it is in Jesus. And so... Here we have these. Listen, it's a take action plan. Beloved, and you have, as a congregation, you simply have to take action. Now, not only is it a take action plan, God's plan for His church, it's a targeted plan. Now, if you look in your text, it says, Go, stand, speak. This is the angel sent from heaven to reaffirm to the apostles in the midst of the growth of the church and the persecution they're experiencing what God's plan is for his church. It says, go stand speak. The, these are the actions, and, and so it's a take action plan. But then we find it's a targeted plan. They are to go stand and speak to the people in the temple. Now, w- what business are we in? We're in the people business, right? And so we have to ask the question, well, how's business? But we're in the people business, and beloved friend, let us not lose track of that. I'm never tired through the years of just kind of exploring the idea with, especially with adult Sunday school leaders, said, sort of what is your primary job as an adult or even in other youth or children or preschool?" Listen, what is your primary job as a Sunday school leader? And say, it's teach the Bible. And no, 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 no. It's teach people the Bible. And there's all the difference in the world because we are in the people business, my dear friends. And we simply need to give ourselves with great energy and great passion to reaching those who are around us. You notice that in this targeted plan, we're to target people with a, with a ghost and speak to the people. And the most obvious people we're to speak to, in their case, it was those in the temple. That is, those who realized that they had spiritual needs, that they were on a spiritual journey in life, that they had spiritual needs, and so they were going to the temple to seek the Lord. And so the the most obvious place to start is with those people who are already seeking the Lord. And so when we can do any kind of, we call them attractional events. That's what us pastor folks call them. But we we have attractional events that are designed just to get people on our campus so that they can have just a positive experience. We don't, it knocks their fear factor down, you see, for them. Because they're afraid if they come down here and walk in our church building, we're going to lock the doors, we won't let them out. Okay? And so they, they, they kind of, they're afraid of that. And so we have these attractional events that, that allow them to kind of stick their toe into the water, get on our campus, to have a positive experience. And then we target those people. Why? Because they have come our way to see us, you see. And so those are the most obvious people that you could possibly reach out to. But understand this. We are in the people business. That's why we're here, is to touch people's lives redemptively in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And my Lord, we've got to get with it. As a Southern Baptist people, we've got to get with it. And I I don't know if anybody's exposed you to this kind of information or not, this kind of data or not, but in uh, 20. 15, which is the last year for which we have, obviously, complete data as a uh, convention, we had the lowest number of baptisms we've had in the Southern Baptist Convention in 86 years. and, uh, and uh, Excuse me, in 68 years. And so all the way back to 1947, we've never baptized fewer than 300,000 people in the Southern Baptist Convention, but we did in 2015. And uh, and this is not good. And the bad news doesn't end there. In the United States of America, in 1947, there were only only 145,000 Americans. Today, there's about 319. Excuse me, 145 million Americans. And today, there's something like 319, 320 million Americans. Beloved friend. We simply have to understand what business we're in and target people. We have to go after people in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, because every one of them is going to spend eternity somewhere, and every one of them needs the Lord's redemptive, releasing, life-releasing touch in their lives. So we have a target plan. Third and lastly, okay, is, it is a total truth plan. And what we find in verse 20, Go stand and speak to the people in the temple the whole message of this life. This is a parallel to what the Apostle Paul said to the Ephesian elders in Acts chapter 20 when he said, I did not shrink back from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. This is what we have here. An the angel says, listen, don't leave stuff out. Give, give people the whole counsel of God, the whole message of the Word of God. And when we think about that. We think about it. Let me just touch on four primary parts of this this huge message. But the sovereignty of God. My Lord, the true and living God, He is God, and there is none else. And He is sovereign over all. And He is at work in our lives and through our lives, and He will get His kingdom's work done with us, without us, but he has chosen to allow us to be real players in his kingdom's work, and we need to thank him for that. But he is sovereign. In Psalm 103, verse 19, the Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his sovereignty rules over all. The sovereignty of God and then the sinfulness of man. And uh, my goodness, I'm in the pastor's study, just kind of looking at his pictures a few moments ago, and, and uh, I picked up one of your... Uh, Emmaus membership, uh, sitting there on the pastor's desk. And so I picked these, what your, what's your new members or members to be uh, go through in their membership class. And I just was glancing at it, and I turned right over here to the back where it says membership at Emmaus Baptist Church. And it says, who can be a member? And what's the very first thing it says? It says, repented of sin and trusted in Christ for salvation. And I'm like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The uh, president of our International Mission Board of the Southern Baptist Convention, Dr. David Platt, has a phrase that, that is a chilling phrase, really. And the phrase is this, unrepentant believers. And beloved friend, I thank the Lord that you have a pastor giving leadership to you and the leadership of your congregation understands the sinfulness of man and the fact that as Jesus said, unless we, were, we repent, we will all likewise perish. Beloved friend, listen. Our churches are filled, our church roles are filled with people who have believed in Jesus about like they believe in Abraham Lincoln and George Washington, but they've never repented, they've never changed direction in life. And I thank the Lord for that emphasis in this church body. And there are churches. I'm in Houston, Texas, where the largest largest church in the United States in week weekly attendance is or exists. And they have publicly, their pastors publicly stated that they do not use the term sinners in their church. And uh, my friend, this is a departure from the whole counsel of God. And, and people, listen, people are perishing without Christ. We have to give them the whole message of the gospel and uh, for them to understand that all of sin falls short of the glory of God. The wage of sin is death, and unless we repent of sin, as sinners, we're going to perish. And so we have the sovereignty of God, the sinfulness of man, and then the solitary savior. There's just one savior sent from heaven. The exclusivity of salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. And what did the apostles say over in Acts chapter 4? He said there they said there's no other name unto heaven given among men by which you must be saved. And the Lord Jesus himself said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the gospel but by me. And then we have the, the whole matter of salvation itself. Salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, and there's no and. You don't add anything to the finished work of Jesus Christ our Lord. Okay, and so, listen, one of my... Uh, one of my favorite preachers is a guy named David Dykes, uh, pastor in a great big church down uh, in uh, Tyler, Texas. And David talks about going to, uh, going to his local Lowe's right there in, uh, in Tyler and uh, going in there looking for, I don't know, some old stick-on numbers for a mailbox or something like that. And uh, just one of those things that guys look for in Lowe's. And y'all do have Lowe's around here, don't you? Okay, all right. I just, just dawned on me, that what if they don't have I and mean, y'all you, you wouldn't know what I was talking about. But anyway, but uh, he gets in there and an unusual thing happened. They, they came over the, the house system and, and said to all the employees and all their, all their shoppers, all their customers, they said, we now have a code Adam, a little three-year-old boy with sandy blonde hair and a light blue shirt is lost. Would everyone please search now and help us try to find him? And so that's of course exactly what happened. They had already notified the police, the police had come, the store was on lockdown, nobody was coming in, nobody was going out. Of course the fear that everybody had, right? Everybody's ever been around, ever had a little three-year-old, you know, you're still, it's probably a guy with his son, you know. He's over there looking at lawnmowers, and yeah, you know how you do. So we're looking at lawnmowers, and the three-year-olds, you know, he's just gone. You know, first thing you know, you look up, the little guy's just gone. And of course, the fear was that somebody had, had taken him. And so they searched, and the search went on minute after minute after minute, and then after about 10 minutes, they came back on the house system and said, our code, Adam, is now canceled. The little boy has been found. And with that, something very unusual, David Dyke says, took place. He said, everybody, of course, everybody's been searching. They, they shut down, every, of course, what else would you do? But they all broke out in spontaneous applause People are walking around high-fiving each other. The little guy had gotten over behind one of those big displays like they have and just sat down and went to sleep. (laughs) There you go. And David made comment to the end that would it be, could it be, that God's people will join God's Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, in a passionate, united, purposeful effort to seek and to save that which was lost. Could it be? Let's pray together. Father God, we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you that you've given this and every church your plan. To go, stand, and speak to the people in the temple the whole message of this life. My goodness. Precious Lord, we thank you today. Lord, we do pray that you'd continue to bless this magnificent church. And Lord, bless its future, bless its pastor and pastoral leadership, its lay leaders. Precious Lord Jesus, you have your way with them. And Father, may they give the guidance to this church body, which brings glory to you and to the expansion of your kingdom and to reaching those people that are searching for you. This we ask now.